Hey guys. guys. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that's never happened. Whoa. Oh. I don't. Ooh. Bizarro episode. Hi guys. Hello. Hey guys. One two three. Hey guys. <laughs> I win. Hey guys. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Killer Cocktails. <laughs> I'm Jackie. I'm Drea. And this week's episode is gonna be weird. <laughs> Ooh, oh, it, you're not in the Twilight Zone. What? It's Babries again. No, it's not. It's damn it. <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. There's no way that she's doing that. I just handed her the Cosmo recipe. There's no way she's doing this on purpose. I have a weird memory <laughs> that is great and awful at the same time. Isn't that weird? It's the tumor. It is the brain tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Okay. Oh. Well, we'll start that over. I know. I would keep it. Oh, it's every week. Every week is papers. Hey, guys. We're talking about Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson. This isn't the Scott Peterson podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Drea. No, 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 no. That's in the past. We settled that case. It's Did done. Did we settle that case? We're not doing this We're again. We're not talking about it anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, we have a different drink. It's in front of us. It's the drink we're drinking. It's the Cosmo. <laughs> They're all pink. I think that's why we're getting confused. Perhaps. Or the- I just had Scott Peterson on the brain. Not in that. Don't give me eyes. Are you writing him? <laughs> Drea, I now <laughs> understand. <laughs> okay. Cosmo. Which is what we're drinking this week. We're drinking Cosmos. Uh, Kramer on Seinfeld's first name. A little trivia fact for you. Someone told me that the other day. I think Foon did. There you go. All right. Um, so this one, we had a fan reach out. Mm-hmm. Jay Langer, 75. Boom, boom. Uh, bartender in the UK? Yeah. All right. So this is how uh, this dude made it. And then we followed it. Uh, one ounce vodka, one ounce cranberry, half an ounce triple sec, half ounce of lime. Sounds delicious. Yeah. You shake it up and you put it in a little fancy glass. And it's not just he did a video and we followed it. He made a video for us. Yeah. He wrote a script and he filmed it and he sent it to us. He's charming he's a funny person yeah i liked it i love the whole video he i like he's like you having a lie down like i love i love the little nuances of the like verbiage that like we don't have here in the states we we were definitely smitten by an accent yes <laughs> <laughs> yes no it was a great video thank you again so much for making that for us um he's definitely given given us like bartender tips like very gently like Mm -hmm. oh hey so maybe next time you should do it like this or oh maybe you should try this but very like yeah 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 yeah, nonchalantly in a kind way yes 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 yes. can i give you a trivia fact about the cosmo yes cosmo was my first drink as a 21 year old oh so it's not really a trivia thing that would ever come up it's a killer cocktails trivia fact (laughs) what was jackie's first drink when she went out on her 21st birthday it was the night I turned 21, like uh-huh. that midnight. I was 21. My brother took me out. We went bar hopping in Berkeley. Yeah. I had a Cosmo at a bar my parents used to go to in college Aww. that had a bumper pool table. That's cute. Yeah. Oh, because you have that. I have a bumper pool table at my house. Yeah. That's bumper the first, pool is super fun. That's the first one I've ever seen. It's a very fun game. All right. It's like aggressive pool. <laughs> and it's... Pool's already so aggressive. Yeah, but this is like you're, all you're doing is bumping people and like trying to like all you're trying to do is fuck over other people. So while it's you like play this air game. hockey. 
kind but of. But with like pool. A little bit. Things. Yeah. Okay. And what's nice about it is it takes up way less of a footprint. It's not as heavy. Like it's mm-hmm. way easier to have in a regular house than a pool table, which is, yeah. I mean, that's a commitment. Yeah. And, a, and bumper pool tables almost always have a top that you can throw on that makes it a really nice poker table or hmm. flip it over and it's a table table. Oh. So multi-use. Look at you. Yeah. Do you want to know what my first cocktail was when I turned 21? Turned 21, went out, got a cocktail. Oh, you are going to be a tricky guest. I was also in the Bay. Were you in Walnut Creek? No, no, no. I was like in San Francisco. Oh, you were out. Uh-huh. Okay. You had... Is it lame or cool? Do you want to know the truth? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I ordered. Really? Yeah. Your first drink out at a bar? No idea. No idea. Mm. I mean, I'm also not surprised by the fact that you don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I think because like... Not that you like tied one on and went crazy, but like you just don't remember things. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think it has something to do with I worked at a bar starting when I was like 19 years old. It wasn't novel And to it you. wasn't... Yeah. And yeah. you know, who knows if in a weird parallel universe, if I had a fake ID and I'd been going to bars beforehand. Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it, got so, it. but you know, that's yeah. not what happened. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Your first legal drink was your first drink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it was unmemorable. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do you have any more cocktail history for this cocktail? I do. The Cosmopolitan Cocktail. Oh, this is fun. Are you going to read the Did you? I don't. I'm going to read it and we'll see. Okay. The Cosmopolitan Cocktail has one of those histories. Oh. We have a wide range of people who claim credit for the drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, most people believe that it has a modern, it's a modern creation. However, there's a very similar drink that pioneers would mix back in the 19th, back in 1934. Pioneers? Did I read that wrong? There's a book. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> what? I read a little wait, bit wait, of wait, it. Whoa, whoa. And I went, oh, I'm not going to read my all, I'm not, not going to read all the words. My name is not an action. Yeah, yes, it is. I dread it. I went, mm, I got the gist. I'm just going to give my version of this paragraph. You can't scrunch your nose at that. That is what you do. Anyway, I kind of changed the facts and let me read. <laughs> I tried to write it in a way that I thought you would say Wait, wait, can we talk? I know, but then I decided not to read. Can we talk about the visual that I and maybe people at home are having about pioneers drinking cosmopolitan? <laughs> <laughs> Denim. Very pink cocktail. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that's okay. fantastic. Um, there's a book called Pioneers of Mixing. <laughs> okay. At Elite Bars. Uh, it was published in 1934. Oh, nice. And then when I was giving the fact, I was like, Pioneers in 1934, huh? Seems kind of late for Pioneers. <laughs> Wasn't that earlier? Ugh. Okay. Great. Let's talk about Neil Murray. I love Neil Murray. He was a bartender. Uh, he created the Cosmo in 1975 at the Cork and Cleaver Steakhouse. <laughs> Steakhouse. <laughs> Steakhouse. Wait, what was happening in 34? That was when a book was published. With the with the recipe. Yes. And now it's a dude- very similar drink. Uh, Not like, exactly mm, the same. Similar. All right. Uh, it's how all of these, like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, instead of that, I'm going to put a pinch of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, it tastes the same. Uh, he added a splash of cranberry juice to a kamikaze. Pick a First person who tasted it declared, <laughs> How cosmopolitan. Oh. And that supposedly led to the name. Then you got John Kane. 
He's the owner of several popular bars in San Francisco and a cosmopolitan expert. He partially credits the upsurge in cocktails during the 1970s to the Cosmo being served at Fern Bars. I don't know what that even means. Kane is definitely credited with bringing the Cosmo west from Cleveland. Oh, which brings us to Cleveland. The next story is not about Cleveland. Um, <laughs> Cheryl Cook is another person. Uh-huh. Um, there are a number of other claims made to the origin of Cosmo. Uh, historian Gary Regan credits bartender Cheryl Cook of the Strand Restaurant in South Beach, Florida, with the original creation. Some people actually think that Cook is a mythical character, but in a letter to Regan, Cook related the story of how she created the drink. Want to hear this letter? Wait. Okay. I want to know more about why she's fictional. Well, no one's ever met her. Mm. Kaiser Soze. I want to know more. What overwhelmed me was the number of people who ordered martinis just to be seen with a martini glass in their hand, which is probably valid. It was on uh, this realization that gave me the idea to create a drink that everyone could palate and was visually stunning in a classic glass. This is what the Cosmo was based on. She's like, people want a drink in an up glass, Mm. but a martini is not for everybody. Yeah. I need to make some sort of sweet little sugar bomb that everyone would love and is just going to catch the eye. So the Cosmo gained popularity in the 1990s. It was further popularized among young women by its frequent mention on the television show Sex in the City, starring Carrie, well, with Carrie Bradshaw, but starring just Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Commonly ordered the drink when out with her girlfriends. The SATC, Sex in the City, uh, movie actually made a reference to its popularity when Miranda asked why they stopped drinking them. Carrie replies, because everyone else started. Oh. You gotta be hip. You gotta be a hipster, MB. Not what doing it. Their lives, man. They were crazy. I loved that show. If you watch it, it is so dated. Mm-hmm. It's so dated. It's so good, though. But it's still good. I love it. Yeah. My friend and I um, had a running joke that she would try to find an ep- uh, an outfit that Carrie Bradshaw wore that I would agree to wear. And we went the whole series and never found a single one. <laughs> <laughs> one time there was this like super plain silver dress that I was like... Maybe. And then she was like, Jackie, she's not even wearing a bra with that. You wouldn't do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't wear that. <laughs> That's a fun game. Yeah. Huh. Um, I didn't watch the show until a couple years ago. So you only know it as crazy dated. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. You still got the it's magic. wonderful. I'm Samantha. I have sex with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a quote from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. We... <laughs> we- <laughs> One of my... All-time favorite movie. Most quotables. If you're quoting a movie or saying something that I don't know what you're talking about, uh-huh. it's always a Forgetting Sarah Marshall quote mm-hmm. or a... Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Mike and Dave. And I've seen all the movies. I just don't remember them in the way that you do. Mm. Or I feel like there's one more we're forgetting. Um, I like kind of quote white chicks, but not a lot. You do quote white chicks. Oh, also the other guys. Oh, the other guys. Oh, okay. So it's like the other guys forgetting. Like when I go through a breakup, I watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's your version of watching Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you quoting New Girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love pop culture. Fun. Um, but yeah. And then Mike and Dave New Wedding Dates is just so funny. Kimberly didn't think it was that funny, but I wasn't there with her. I think I needed Different to be there. Different sensibilities. Yeah. I, I will give more credence to the fact... You got really mad that I watched a movie that you really liked without you. The other guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you lied about it. Well, because I knew we how a, much you would get, we're we going to care. A, I don't know what it is about road trips, but that's when the truth comes out. <laughs> we were on a road trip to the coast and it came out 
all the, well, because here's all the, the lies. Deal. Here's the deal. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Tiptoe so, about it. So, yeah, I definitely never lied. And in the conversation we were having in the car, I would have been forced to lie. Mm. And that was why I came clean. I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. I've seen it. Then why did you have to tell her that I knew? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had confided in you. And you ratted Kimri out for knowing. You didn't have to rat me out. <laughs> I was being truthful. Kimber, you can, uh, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, well, you could be mad about that. <laughs> Trust betrayed. Kept your secret. <laughs> your secret! <laughs> yeah, anyway. Secrets don't make friends. Are we all not better friends now? I think it's funny that we had this wonderful little revealing of the truth. No, because. We're better friends for it. No. Because now, you ruined a movie, you would have had more fun watching it with me. <laughs> Now you'll never know. You also have to watch it like 18 times before it's like so fucking funny. Here's what's so funny about that <laughs> is you wanted us to watch it the same week that I watched it and I ended up watching it again. What? <laughs> what? You watched it again? Yeah. Jackie. Travis and I watched it and then literally a day or two later, I went over to his house and Jess and Steve were watching this when he lived with them and they were watching it and I was like, well, I'll watch it again. It was funny. I ended up watching it again. That shouldn't make you more upset. That's no. It speaks to what you were saying. So was it funnier the second time around? Yeah, I'll watch it again. Oh, Jesus. All right. I don't think you need to be mad. Okay. I'm... That was funny. I watched the other guys again. Yeah. Okay. You don't come into my house. <laughs> you get. You come to my house, you get my wife's name right. It's Christina. Well, what's so funny is like in my phone, Christina is in <laughs> as Christina. And I had never seen that movie. I just liked i just that made me laugh i yell it at her constantly yeah it's my favorite she gets it too she she <laughs> likes it dirty mike and the boys okay you guys that wraps up cocktail hour um straight up almost an hour well they're not gonna know this but we jib jab for 25 minutes beforehand that's not making this episode we're at 40 minutes this is gonna be like a 10 minute intro yeah that's fine yeah just the math of that didn't jive with me <laughs> i was like i think we're saying the same thing these cosmos are going to your head <laughs> they're so good <laughs> mm. i think we're done okay bye. bye guys <laughs> we're in weird mood now i think we're done with cocktail hour you were right okay I'll let you keep wrapping that up murder yeah would you like to know a story tell me a story okay i am going to cite my sources i can i tell you something yeah all throughout my college career, I was like, I can't wait to be done with college. Oh. Because then I don't have to research. No more citing your sources. I don't have to research anymore. I don't have mm-hmm. to tippity type anything. And so now I find myself creating businesses with an S where I constantly have to research and write papers and write presentations. It's almost like college was setting you up for, <laughs> for adulthood. Success, yeah. Success. I will say it does make things easier for the podcast and for the nutrition business so i will say that but i always kind of chuckle at myself like yeah. <laughs> i'm making another powerpoint <laughs> i told you about my sister and her friends with their powerpoints <laughs> oh oh yeah no i want to do that okay tell i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, tell everyone. everyone because i want other friend groups to take to take this on and gene i apologize if it's no longer like special for you and your friends every year they go on a big group trip and they will make up everyone makes their own PowerPoint mm-hmm. for where the group is going to go. I love it. And presents it to the group and they vote 
And they make and, that a thing, and like one, an event. Yeah, yeah, they all hang out. And they. Yeah. And I think this might have been the first year they were apart. I can't remember how this year all went. But anyway, you all vote. Some people have to be, like, Zoomed in or virtual, whatever. But you try to get as many people as possible. And you vote, and that's where you guys go on vacation that year. Yeah. And it's elaborate. I love it. The last time they all went to Nashville. And, like, really? Yeah. Huh. And, and exactly, I was like, because I heard about what some of the other PowerPoints were. Yeah. And Jean was like... She just crushed it. Like, we all, we watched this PowerPoint and we're like, yeah, we're going to Nashville. She have like amazing transitions and like music to every I don't know how and- much of it is in the presentation so much as this, you know, is it substance, substance? How's it going over there? Substantive? Are you on Sub- the, substantive? Are you on the struggle bus? Yeah. <laughs> the substance of what they were talking about, but I want a different conjugation of that word. But anyway, the quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of what was in the PowerPoint. I like it. I want to do that. Why don't we do that? <gasps> Let's do it. Because you two will go way too overboard. Yeah. Are you shitting me? That would be so much fun. I feel like I'm going to bring piss to a shit fight when it comes to these PowerPoints. You know what I'm going to... Oh, no, I can't tell you. Okay, wait, I'm going to tell you. But you can't steal my idea. I'm going to say it and you can't take it. Okay. I'm going to get the most elaborate... The I'm going to get like a guest speaker. I don't know who I'm going to get. I'm going to go up the ranks. Like Morgan Freeman would be fucking amazing like, to read my PowerPoint. I'm, <gasps> you know who I could probably get? I could probably reach out to Ryan Reynolds and have him dub over. Oh, why am I telling you all the great things I'm going to do? I don't know why you're telling me all these things. Don't, don't remember anything I just no, said. No, but now I know what your attack is. So I know which way to pivot and go a different way. <sighs> I'm not going to do the same thing. Yeah. And then it's just a battle of who can get a bigger star. Yeah. But now I'm going to do something completely different. I'm disappointed in myself. Well, you, yours could still be better. I don't. You don't need to. Okay. Well, you. Can't, she will, I don't know if you she will hear. not sleep for an entire week. Creating this thing of for fun. Oh no! This will be a fun thing that will become unfun for her. <laughs> she will be miserable making it. <laughs> we haven't even agreed that we're doing it, and she's probably already pulling up like slides. Yeah. <laughs> It's done. She's like, I've been working on this for years. So silly. Anyway, oh. it's a very fun thing that a group yes, of friends can do. Yes. Okay. Back to the murder. Did we ever How get did we there? Get there. Who knows? What were we talking about? I don't. PowerPoints and doing research. Ah, yes, yes, yes. That was, yes, that was yes. where that train came from. Okay. Citing my sources. Wikipedia. Thank you. Newsweek, Mexico. Cannibalism and murder by Joe Concheras. You ready? Do you know what my story is about? <laughs> Cannibalism. Yes. And murder. Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Jose Luis Calva Cepeda. Um, so my case takes place in Mexico. And this case is actually considered one of the first modern cannibalism cases in Mexico. So. Okay. How modern? Uh, 2007. Damn, Gina. Yeah. Okay, so Jose is born on June 20th of 1979. Um, Jose's father actually ends up dying when he's two years old, um, and he's left with his mother, and his mother becomes very domineering and um, very strict with him. And, for example, in January of 1975, when Jose is six years old, he, like, comes home, and he, like, opens the door, and he sees his mom and his older older sister, um, like, wrapping presents for a holiday known as the Three Wise Men, and his mom sees him, and she's like, 
like, oh my God, Jose, you saw all the presents. Like you've ruined this holiday now. And so the toy that she had bought him, like a little toy truck, she like smashes it in front of him. This is baby back bullshit. And just kind of like smacks him. Um, and so Jose decides, he like leaves the house and he decides he's going to go shine shoes in the neighborhood and collect money so he can go buy his own toy. So he gets enough money and he goes and he buys himself a little toy truck and he comes home and he's all excited. And then his mom sees him with the toy truck and she's like, where did you get this? And he finally tells her like what he did. And she again beats him and then takes the truck and smashes it. Um, when um, Jose is uh, seven years old, um, his older brother um, has a friend who's 16 years old. Um, that friend comes over to the house and he ends up cornering Jose and he um, he rapes him. Um, and so fast forward out of his childhood and it's now 1996 and Jose meets a girl named, um, aid and they get married and have two children and, um, they end up getting a divorce and she moves to the States and he, she actually takes their daughters with her and Jose gets very depressed and sad about that. Uh, fast forward a little bit again and Jose is now 38 years old and he's described as, um, being a habitual liar. And he has this, like, very flamboyant personality, and he writes poetry and fiction and plays, and he tries to pass himself off as a journalist and an actor and a TV personality. Um, It kind of sounds like, to me, he's just, like, trying to find a community to fit in. Okay. Um, He would often sell his poetry at markets, and he would also unsuccessfully try to sell his screenplays for horror movies around town. Um, so Jose is trying to make it big and he ends up, uh, meeting this, um, lady named Alex, uh, Alejandra and she's 32 years old and she's a single mom and she works at a nearby pharmacy. Um, she's a clerk there and this is in early September of 2007 and they are like instantly in lust and Jose, uh, is like showering her with flowers and gifts and like love poems and he ends up going and like meeting her like her mom in town um and then later alejandra's mom would (laughs) would say that like jose was really full of himself um but he was also like trying to please everybody at the same time and she said that he said he was a poet a playwright a director and a singer he said he earned 200 dollars a day selling his written works but i could tell it wasn't true from the quality of his clothing um Mm -hmm. and he she said that everything was like me 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 with him um, so they date for a little bit and then Alejandra decides that it's better for her career. If she switches pharmacies. So the thing is the pharmacy she's currently at is like right in the same neighborhood as where Jose lives. Okay. And then the new pharmacy is like all the way across town. And so he's like, you're trying to get away from me. You're trying to break up with me. Don't Which leave me. He is. Well, we, yeah, well, maybe he's, he, he's maybe getting a little clingy at this point. Um, and there might be other red flags going on. Um, and so he starts calling her repeatedly and being like, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. And, um, he, he's talking about like taking his own life if like she leaves him. Um, and then on Friday of October 5th, 2007, Alejandra doesn't show up to work and, um, her work calls Alejandra's mom and, um, her mom immediately is like, I think Jose has something to Mm -hmm. do with this. Um, and so she calls the police to go check it out. So please show up really early on Monday morning at Jose's place, um, which is this like really uh, small apartment on the fourth floor. And Jose opens the door and he sees the police and he just books it. He like runs out an open window. Oh, and whoa. he fucking scales the wall, gets down to the ground and gets hit by a car. Ooh. And uh, he's like injured, but not bad. He's like okay. still alive. Um, and so back up in the apartment, the police start looking around and it's complete chaos. 
Um, they find Alejandra's torso in Jose's closet. Whoa. She's missing her right forearm and the right leg uh, it below the knee. Um, heads up. This is graphic um, for those who are listening at home. Um, as police are going through the apartment, they would eventually find the missing limbs, limbs inside the refrigerator, and they were missing bones. Um, so he had filleted, essentially, mm-hmm. um, those limbs. Um, and they would actually find the bones in a cereal box in the kitchen. Um, there's also a frying pan on the stove that has several pieces of flesh in it. Um, and they could tell that he was seasoning it with, like, lemon and other seasonings. Um, it's a wild jump in your late 30s mm-hmm. to a partner that, like, it's very weird. Yeah. Um, so the same contents that was on the frying pan is also on a plate on the dining room table. Dude. They like, caught him mid-meal. Yeah. Oof. Um, and aside from all that, police also find Jose's movie collection, which include, uh, which includes Silence of the Lambs. Uh Okay, so does mine. Yeah, Hannibal and a French movie called Han- uh, Cannibal Blood. I don't know that you can... I, I don't think you can blame horror movies for that. Well, how about this? He also had an unfinished book that he was writing um, called uh, Cannibal Instincts. And on the cover, there's a picture of a man who looks a lot like Jose, and he's wearing a mask like Anthony Hopkins did in Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I mean, cuckoo people are going to watch things and then take parts from it but you can't say that that like i'm not saying it inspired it i think he was just he was very interested in yeah um they also found uh some of his poetry um and one was called the night before and he wrote i'm going to imagine myself as a balloon the size of the sun and i'm going to roll around in the cosmos that is me Ugh. your tie (laughs) My tie to the Cosmopolitan. Is from his poem? Cosmos. He's talking about the Cosmos. I know. Yeah. I am no longer impressed and am now what? so irritated. Why? By your ties being these incredibly nuanced things. Because, wait, because I'm... I s- am impressed. I'm, 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 I'm so amazing. Yes, it's a really annoying. Tell me. Tell me how amazing I am. We're done. I'm not going to give you any more praise. I have an amazing tie. I know. Okay. So So, uh, with all this going on, the local press start to dub uh, Jose as a cannibal uh, poet. That's fodder for media. If you are a local reporter and Uh you're like, what did this person do? Yeah. Um, when questioned, Jose admitted that he accidentally killed Alejandra during, um, an argument. Maybe. He he accidentally strangled her to death, as you do, um, in fits of rage. Many people do do that. Yeah. Um, he then also mutilated her body. That's the weird jump. Uh Uh-huh. But denied the cannibalism part. He told police that his plan was to dispose of her body by feeding her to local stray dogs. And that's why he was cooking. And, like, seasoning it. Mm Because dogs are incredibly particular. Well, Kimmery's dogs are, actually. (laughs) 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 Um, So it is also believed that Jose is responsible for at least two other murders. So this is where I was curious. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the story there? So one was another girlfriend. Her name was Veronica. What? 
another girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's his MO. (laughs) Her name was Veronica. Um, In 2004, her mutilated body was found in cardboard boxes. So kind of same. They they determined that she was also strangled to death and um, somebody dismembered her. Now I no longer think it was even possible that it was an accident with the most recent Yeah. Um, That same year, another female who knew Jose was also discovered mutilated and put into a suitcase. So again, same MO. Uh, police also think he might be connected to five other women's murders, but they haven't proven anything yeah. yet. Um, during the trial, prosecutors kind of like build a psychological profile on Jose. They determine he's a chronic alcoholic and heavy cocaine consumer, and he has like cocaine. Co- co- did I say where? No, okay. okay. <laughs> I just never hear it. Everything cocaine, cocaine. Um, and he's like prone to bouts of depression. So they're like, you know, maybe he was on a manic episode and he was doing all these um, narcotics and stuff. And, mm. That kind of fueled some of the yeah. um, incident. Uh, the profile depicts a man of average intelligence who craves social acceptance but never achieves it. Um, both Alejandra and Veronica, um, interesting enough, looked very similar. Okay. And they were both single mothers uh, and they both had children. And they were in their early 30s who worked at pharmacies. Where? So it's like a real type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's ultimately found guilty and he's sent to prison. Um, while in prison, he starts see- receiving threats from other inmates and some were trying to like extort him. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually he's moved to a single cell by himself um, and he starts writing a book called The Cannibal Poet. Um, and he's like, his attorney said that he was actually really excited to write the book and to get it published and get okay. that all going. Oh, um, we get nothing else going on. Yeah. And then on the uh, on the morning of December 11th, 2007, Jose is found um, in his cell hanging by a belt. Um, and um, he's pronounced dead. And there's no suicide note found. And so then there's... Suicide notes are more rare than people think. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Um, and so... In my research, there's a, a whole thing about, like, Mexican prisons and how... Mm-hmm. It could have been killed. It, and yeah, there's, like, a whole, like, way. back and forth of um, who's, who was in power at the time and was there foul play or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's the case of Jose, the cannibal poet. Crazy. Yeah. I haven't done a cannibal in a while, so... It was, we were due. Oh, no, I don't know if we're ever due. It's just, uh, I think cannibal stories just fascinate me because I just can't ever to weird jump get, get there like how like do you start looking at people and so you're this, like this is a conversation this is a very different but s- similar vein in my mind and that i thought of it so having a conversation with someone the other day about uh how it's totally normal to some cultures to eat dogs oh, and other mm-hmm. cultures can't even imagine it or oh eat a cow true. and you can't see eating a cat like yeah. that everyone just views different animals differently yeah and guinea pig yeah cooey and if you put that towards Humans. people i mean that's a very big mental jump but i mean if you look throughout history there's been cannibalism well it, it, forever it's bad for you and yeah. i think evolutionarily it's bad for you because you shouldn't be eating people it makes uh-huh. you sick yeah but i just it's so interesting i don't know it's like the was that episode of always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> oh that's very good one. i like that one where they th- think that they had human the meat. hunger yeah <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we are going to take a short break and we will be right back. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, welcome to intermission. Good to be here. Jackie, Jackie, thanks for coming. Uh, You know what? I was a little bit late, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. But we picked out all the other colors of the M&Ms and you only have the green ones in your dressing room. So (laughs) I (laughs) have. 
like, where is she going with this? <laughs> I, I hope uh, that's to your liking. I'd also like to point out, probably green one's one of the least ones I'd want pulled out. Of M&M's? Yeah. Does it matter? I mean, no, but a little bit. Are you doing like a Jennifer Lopez from that one movie where she like picks out all of them except for the brown ones? I think she picked it up from the guy. Made in Manhattan. Oh. Is that the movie? No, I was just thinking I my favorite M&M's are the red ones. Why? I don't know. I just like it. They taste the same. I know they do. I know they do. Blind taste test. You're telling me that you They can... taste no different. No, what I'm saying is visually, to enjoy what's happening, I'm going to eat all the other colors and I'm going to eat the red ones last. See, I, I put them all out and then I have to eat them in order. Like, I have to get them down to the same numbers. Like, I have to get them... Oh, like, if there's eight of the green no, ones... No, because then four... I might be eating a yellow or a brown one last. No, then you save a red one for the last. You get them all down to the same, so then you, like, like it's all five, too. I guess four, I, I shouldn't three. have poo the green ones. I don't like the yellow ones and I don't like the brown ones. I uh, the blue one like the blue like blue's kind of new. That didn't always exist. So you are going to put something weird like this in your contract <laughs> when we start doing live shows. No, that's just how I eat them. Okay. There's no effect on what's presented to me. All right, cuz I want bacon. Yeah, I yeah. and here's the thing. You don't get to tell me I can't eat that bacon. I also get to eat this mm, bacon. Then they need to bring way more bacon. Fine. Then it needs to be adjusted for how much bacon we're asking for. But I'm going to eat bacon. You don't get you don't you don't have a monopoly on bacon. So like four pounds of bacon. Because I'm guessing Kim Ray's going to eat some. You're you're not going to eat a pound of bacon and feel okay. No. So let's set ourselves up for success. Ah. This is also before a live show. Don't eat a pound of bacon before a live show. Ah. I'll like put some in my pocket, like and I'll like nibble on it. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love bacon. Anywho, guys, yeah, intermission time. We're gonna tell you some things, like we always tell you some things. Yeah, it's Um, it's the learning. It's the learning time. (laughs) I thought I believed in myself that I could come up with some sort of catchy Mm. phrase, and it didn't happen. Sometimes it's fun to watch you flounder. No, I lied. It's always fun. Um, I wanted to give a big shout out to our reoccurring donators. Thank you so much, Ash and Kathleen. And I wanted to give a really, really big shout out to Carl because he has now successfully put us over our um, donation threshold so that we can buy Jacqueline a star. Now, the fact that this is reality. Uh-huh. Oh, there goes gravity. Uh- <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. You, I really, I really truly feel like you need to look into whatever company you buy this star from. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of want to write a letter to do you, the CEO or, or a customer service. Like, who are you and what gives you the authority? Do you think it's like an underground? What gives you the right? Do you think there's going to be like a couple years from now, there's going to be a documentary kind of like Tiger King, but on the star world? Maybe. And like how it's like. Super seedy and How underground. How many people are buying stars? I bet you. T- How much it, money is in the star industry? If you've ever bought a loved one a star, write us. Let us know. I want to know your experience. Because I understand the motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. 100% from a consumer standpoint, I get it. Yeah. But it's going to take a lot to convince me that these aren't a bunch of charlatans <laughs> preying upon the whimsy of somebody wanting to buy a star. In my brief research, you get like a whole kit, you get like a star kit. Like, I think I might able, like, I might double down and get you a constellation. 
Um, but before we get too tangenty, I also wanted to give a big shout out to that six foot one girl on Instagram because she was the first to donate and she really like got me going on this. She's prank. funny. I love it. She's funny. Um, so yes, thank you guys so much for your donations. Um, I'm thinking that we're going to come up with the top three. How about everybody send me the names that they want to name the star, be appropriate. Um, you could do in into windows. I think that's fine. Um, my my vote is for Jackie's future. Okay, Jackie. It's okay. a bright shining star. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, so everybody submit their names, and then we'll, we'll whittle it down to the top three. We'll we'll have yours up there, maybe, and then we'll have everyone vote. Oh my god! Maybe we'll have like a little ceremony. I think we're gonna pop the top off the star industry, <laughs> and this is gonna give. The highlight that it has always needed. It's like John Oliver is going to do a whole 30-minute piece (laughs) on the star industry. So this is leading to good. I guess, yeah. If we can put these people out of business. If you Did you ever watch the Tickled documentary? No. Watch. If you have not seen the Tickled documentary, it is so good. The first 10 minutes is like awkward tickling, but it's so much more than that. It's true crime at its finest. There's a whole like seedy back end of it. What is it on? Uh, no idea. Okay. But I found it. It's called Tickled? It's called Tickled. <laughs> and people are in these, like, uh, wrestling outfits. And people I are, know. And they're, like, tickling. It's tick. They're just tickling. But they're not. Here's the other thing. I really don't care for when something is obviously sexual uh-huh. and people are pretending like it's not. But that's the thing. So this journalist goes and, like, he's, like, this is a weird, like, thing. I'm, like, the videos are on YouTube. I know. And he starts digging and then he gets shut out. And he's, like, what? Why Why are you guys being so weird about this? And he dug and he dug and he dug and he found who was behind it. And it's it's this crazy story. Yeah, and it's not what it seems. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, it's also off-putting. Everything's off-putting. No, well, ice cream cone's not off-putting. It's delicious. <laughs> Pudding's not off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Uh, that was funny. Uh, but anywho, I'm so excited. Thank you guys for your donations to the Star Foundation. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Um, you guys, we hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And we will uh, see you probably next intermission. Okay. I hope you guys enjoy this Dre, Dre and Jackie duo that's coming up next. Yeah, they seem fun. <laughs> I'd be their friend. <laughs> Um, you guys, welcome back from break. Um, if you guys are ready, I think Jackie's going to tell us a story. Yeah, snuggle up, you know, pull that little blanket up to your chin. Unless you're driving. Or not, you don't have a blanket. It might be hot. It's very hot out. Oh, yeah, it's summertime. Today was muggy. I don't like that. I've been wanting and wishing for this turn in weather mm-hmm. for it to be warmer. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it's cold. I don't like always having to have a coat. Immediately, I regret it. <laughs> well, because I want it to just be 70 degrees where I want to have a light coat. So we want to be back in California <laughs> on the coast. <laughs> oh my God. It was Mediterranean climates are great. It's such Cali girls. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. So for Bend, a hot summer is dry, not this muggy. Oh, this muggy. Like business. we had thunderstorms last night over yeah. in your neck of the woods. I and got woken up. You yeah. get woken up by the storm? No, I wear earplugs. Yeah, every night. Don't. Don't creep up on me. I know. That made me, like, I went, oh, maybe, uh, mm -mm, 
No, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of that. It's just I, I'm such a light sleeper. I need it. I need it quiet, but I also need a fan. Sometimes, but then that's too sometimes, loud. Sometimes, like when Travis comes over, that'll spook me. Ooh. Like I'll be sitting on my couch, like he's just coming to, but because it's a like, a, like you can see through it door. Yeah, I'll be like, oh! like every time, and like, and there, and when you when I come in, I scare myself all the time with if I'm backlit and there's my shadow and uh-huh. I'm seeing my shadow as I come in. Yeah, or if I catch like a reflection because now there's because I'm in a different house, so there's just a different level of mirrors and shadows. Yeah, and I'm scaring myself pretty good. Can I tell you about a time where I was kind of a butthole? Okay, I was I was a big butthole. So this one time in college, you know, we'd been drinking as you do in college. And uh, my good friend Carrie lived mm-hmm. down the street oh. in her own little like How fun. apartment. And so- Are you in a house full of a million people? Yes. This is when I lived with eight people and I lived in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a metaphor. I lived <laughs> in a closet, uh, no windows. Uh, That's so college it, to rent a closet. It was $200 a month. In yeah. California. Yeah. In Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> the clothes were right above me. My like my mattress was essentially in there and then everything oh, was like above I me. I thought it was like a glorified closet. It was a closet. Oh no, it was a closet. Wow, Drea. <laughs> fun listen hard times yeah um and so we've been drinking and i was like i love carrie i miss carrie let's go let's go see carrie it's like two in the morning so um me and one of my roommates we walked down and um we're like well we don't want to like wake her so we knew the sliding door was always open so we crept in there Mm -hmm. and then we crept down to her room and we opened the door and then we were were like well do we shake her awake or like how do we do this and then us talking must have woken her up and we both just like put our hands up in the air and just like froze and then she was so scared yeah it was so it was not okay i can see how you didn't <laughs> i can see the excitement mm-hmm. and it just getting out of control yeah and not seeing mm-hmm. how that would scare somebody uh, oh i would be <laughs> terrified yeah there's two people in your room in the dark yeah yeah oh i'm a door locker when i'm asleep you know how we talk about me locking doors mm-hmm. i'm when i'm vulnerably asleep yeah locked door yes I, okay, I found out that my roommate Haley has a lock on her door, and I don't have a lock on my door. So she, because I, I was joking. Did she install it? No, 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 no. No. Well, Did she? Maybe. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Um, do you want one on yours? They're very, it's very easy yeah, to do. Yeah, I do. We can do that. Because uh, I'm going to make you do it, but I'll talk you through it. Have you done it before? Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, but I live in this uh, apartment complex where you have to get a, you have to use a key to get into the yeah, main area. But, but that one, no one yeah. ever shuts that door. No. So I was talking to her. Oh, so that's why I'm making this face in this tone. Yeah. Do not count that as security. And so I was I was talking about like, okay, so obviously they can get through this door. You don't have a scary stairwell, though. I'll say that like, I feel like you can, you can scope some scariness. What? If someone snuck into your building yeah. and you were walking to your front door, yeah. I feel like it, it's not a scary. No. But what I'm saying is, like, what are the odds that someone, you know, goes through that open door and then they'd have to decide not that door, not that door, go upstairs and then say not that door. Okay, we're going to go through this door. Yeah, but the devil or a dog or God is speaking to them. (laughs) And they're going to go to... Who knows what door that was pointing out. And then here's my thing. And then I was like, but Haley, now you've locked your door. So now I am the only option in this apartment. Like, that's not fair. It it, it has to be both of us on either side of the equation. Mm -hmm. Either we're both locked or we're both not. I, why don't we, we just lock your door? Okay, that's fair. Okay. Whew. Anywho. Scary. Does this have any tie into your story? Not really. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. You have no idea what I'm going to talk about. No, 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 no. How fun. You ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I, I don't know if I want to own up to this now. I'll own up to it in the very beginning. 
So as soon as I heard the cocktail, I went, ooh, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I like cleared it with Kim Marie. I was like, I got this one. I cleared it with you. I was uh-huh. like, are you planning on doing this person? Uh-huh. Um, and I was sure that it was the most obvious and the best tie. Uh-huh. And then I started researching it. And I had completely misremembered. And it really doesn't tie the cocktail at all. <laughs> and then I went, huh, I really thought, oh, yeah, I confused it with this other thing. Oh. That other thing would have been perfect. But at that point, I had already spent way too much time on my story and I wasn't going to pivot. So you're saying that I had the best tie this week? Well, Hands hold down. on. I had to come up with a tie. So there's... What? I'll, I'll have a tie to tell you, mm. but it's not the one I intended. Okay. Will you tell us what you had intended later? Yeah, it'll become obvious. Oh. The moment I say the story, uh-huh. everyone who's familiar will be like, oh, I see what you thought. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to tell you about Jim Jones. Okay. So in, you you texted me the name and you're like, hey, I'm going to do Jim Jones. Do you know yeah. this case? I was like, I know that name. Yeah, and very then I, famous. And then I was like, airplane and cocaine? And you're like, no. Not at all. Okay, perfect. Okay. Bag of money in an airplane? Anything no. with an airplane. No. Are you thinking of like D.B. Cooper? Yes. Great yep. story. Yeah. I love D.B. Oh, the idea that D.B. Cooper, like they found some of the money uh, in... Like Hood River, like the Columbia <gasps> River. What? This was a Pacific Northwest story, Drea. Ah! We should do D.B. Cooper and like Together? talk about, yeah, and talk Ooh. about all the different like, because some people are like, he lived, obviously. He lived and he yeah, got away yeah, with yeah. it. Other people are like, uh-uh, no, he landed in the forest and he died. Yeah. It's but, a fun, yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm telling you about Jim Jones. Okay, Jim Jones. Okay, so um, I watched segments of, I'm going to go off on a quick tangent because I got really mad. Okay. I already told you the story. I'm going to retell it to you. I love this. So I wanted to watch a documentary about this story. That was how I wanted to... I wanted to... uh, Digest this information. Yeah, that's how I wanted it. So there's a really great documentary. So I went looking for it. And then I was like, okay, all right, somebody will stream it. You've seen it before. No, I just... It looked good. I just knew it would be good. Okay. And I could have been disappointed by it. I don't know because I never got to watch it. So I... it's not streaming on any of the normal streaming places, but then I Google it. I'm like, where can I find this? And then there's this weird app I've never heard of that streams it for free. So I'm like, okay. So I go into my smart TV and I'm like, oh, hey, I can download this app for free. How is this is just working out? Download the app, find the movie. Boom. Here we go. And it's like, oh, bup, 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 bup. this app is just for professors and students and libraries. And I go, oh, okay, cool. I belong to the library. Mm-hmm. Here's my library. And it goes, oh, not your little library. You're like in the woods. You're, oh. you're not good enough. No, 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 no. Ouch. And I went, ugh. So I texted my sister. She lives in L.I. L.I.? And I'm like, hey, Jean, here's my predicament. And she's like, oh, I got you, girl. So then she signs up, gets it. She's like, here, oh. And then what, she, yeah, what'd she name it? This is good. <laughs> so she puts in her stuff. She creates a password just for this. And she knows what it's for. So she made the password killer docktails. <laughs> Because it's a documentary. She's so clever. <laughs> I liked it. She's funny. So I sign in and it goes, oh, bu- 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 no, not your library either. And I go, what? And then I'm like, Jean, you have a podunk library too. And she's like, well, because she only rents from Pasadena and Glendale. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let me sign up for like the big LA library and see. So Where? LA. Okay. So she signs up and she gets and she's like, all right, now try. I get in. Do, do, do. No. 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 Because you, you went to press... like Yeah, this push- is for like cinephiles. I don't know what library counts if Los Angeles... <laughs> I can't get... I'm, I've already been mad about it for probably 20 minutes. Yeah. 
I have to let it go. Yeah. But that's ridiculous. If any listener out there knows which library. <laughs> I don't even, you know, even want to watch it anymore. You're not going to watch I, it? I don't want to give this app any of my time. <laughs> You're <laughs> over it. I'm moving on. Yeah. That's but know that, know that I don't care. So, I don't care about you. So what kind of information did you digest? So I found parts of a documentary on youtube mm-hmm. just little segments of them it was an abc one and uh one of jim jones's kids was in it and like whoa yeah <sighs> yeah a uh, bunch of wikipedia and then i listened to there's a really great three-part case file podcast Ooh, case on file it. yeah yeah it's kind of like the aussie accent and it's mm-hmm. like very detailed it almost synced up with wikipedia like not verbatim but timeline yeah so i don't know if like I almost feel like someone just took a bunch of info from the case file and, like, updated yeah, the chicken, Wikipedia with chicken it. Chicken or the egg kind of thing. Yeah, hard to know, really. But both of the, like, depending on if you want to read it or if you want to hear it. Um, but case file is a really great podcast, so I would recommend it. Okay. Jim Jones. Born May 13th, mm-hmm. 1931. 31. A little bit older. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a small Indiana town in a shack without running water. Hmm. So it's like we're talking Depression time, right? Mm-hmm. So his dad was a World War One vet, um, and now we're in the Depression. Uh, the town was super rural, so I think it's kind of normal that maybe there's not running water in all these houses. And most of them are pretty self-sufficient. A bunch of people, like, have their own gardens, and they have little pets. And, like, it's not farms is, like, the take that I get, but it's everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And the way that kids remember Jim is they're like, he was just kind of weird. Mm. Um, he had super dark hair and I think he had uh, like brown eyes. Um, he's a little white kid in Indiana. And he was really into um, religion mm-hmm. and death. Okay. And he, so he would... At first, it seemed like he was being really sweet with animals, mm-hmm. but then he was also holding a lot of, like, animal funerals, and the only, like, animal story that I got that was, like, nefarious was, like, they did say at one point that he, um, like, strangled a cat, mm-hmm. or, yeah, strangled a cat, mm-hmm. um, but then it's, like, what did he do with these other animals, like, oh, he, stab- he stabbed the cat, excuse me. What? That's worse. Either one. I don't like it. So... All right, so he's kind of this weird, who, like, never really had friends. Everyone was just like, no, Jim didn't have friends. Nobody was Jim's friend. Yeah. Um, he would read a lot. So he, and he would read, like, enigmatic leaders. Like, he would read Adolf Hitler. He would read Mao. What? How old he would it? read Stalin. Like, as a, yeah, like, adolescent. Okay. Like, getting older. Like, these were the things that he was into. And he'd continue to read them as he was older. Interesting. Um, Gandhi, Marx, Stalin, so, like, a smattering of different political views, obviously, um, but, like, manifestos Mm -hmm. and, you know, philosophical strong beliefs. Nietzsche. Um, Yeah. So, it's believed, it's pretty well documented that, um, whether officially or unofficially, that Jim's dad um, had ties to the KKK. Mm. And at the time, the KKK is kind of getting this, like, stranglehold on Indiana because it's going through the Depression. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, there's just kind of their, there's, the sentiments are, are ringing true. Yeah. And so they have a pretty big population of uh, members. Jim does not care for, like, does not philosophically agree with his dad. And he all, he goes kind of the other bent. So Jim has this real, like, um, 
And I guess, I guess he kind of has friends. So he has some black friends that his dad, at one point, like, when it comes, like, towards the, the end of their relationship, where Jim is like, hey, you know, my friend's going to come. In. And he's like, no, there's no, no black people allowed at my house. Well, and Jim was like, okay, cool. I'm never going to talk to you again. And then shortly thereafter, the parents separate and the dad moves out and he's not really, like, a part of anything. Yeah. But it was, like, a real rift where Jim was like, nope, I philosophically don't agree with that. Yeah. And it, like, it was kind of a big, like, turning point for him and being like, no, I need to, like, stand up for people. Yes, yeah, stand up for what I believe. Exactly. Um, so dad's gone. Then he and mom relocate. They leave this, like, super little town and they move to uh, Richmond, Indiana. So... He grows up and he becomes an orderly and everybody really liked him in terms of like he'd like respond really quickly and he was empathetic, you know, empathetic to the patients. And he met, he meets this nurse and her name is uh, Marceline, Marceline Baldwin. So in 1949, um, they I think that's when they get married. So they get married and they relocate to Bloomington, Indiana. So now mm-hmm. he's got this wife and she's a nurse and he was always a really good student, so, like, he wasn't hanging out with other people and, like, getting into trouble. He just read a lot and was smart, and um, so he goes to Indiana University, but then uh, when they move to Indianapolis, he transfers, and then he starts going to Butler University, graduates in 61. It takes him a long time. It takes him, like, 10 years to graduate. I mean. Because he's, like, doing other stuff. I feel you. Oh, I know. <laughs> it took me 10 years. <laughs> so let's go back. So he hasn't graduated yet. He's, like, new in Indianapolis. So he's in Indianapolis. It's 1951. He's about 20 years old. And he starts going to these gatherings for the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And so he's going and he's like, because he's already read all this stuff. And it's like ringing true with him. And like people are equal. And we need to fight for people. Um, and he gets really bent out of shape about the McCarthy hearings are going on. So you've got like the Red Scare. You've got people being blacklisted in their careers, like a bunch of writers and Hollywood people are like on the outs. Communism is bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like, no, communism is good, good, good. Mm -hmm. So he's like really not liking what's going on politically. Um, So then he gets this like brilliant idea and he's like, okay, I it's hard to get the communist message out because there's all this, there's this tint to it mm-hmm. and it, it, it isn't resonating with people. He's like, so I'm, I'm going to infiltrate the church. Uh-huh. People really resonate with church. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go at it from that angle. Okay. I think I'm going to get people in from like being good yeah. and being good to each other and like being kind to your neighbor and your brother. Okay. So he joins, the, he joins this Methodist church in 1952 and he had, like, there was a lady in his past, I kind of skipped over it, but, like, when he was a kid, there was this one lady who was kind of, like, worried about how weird he was, and she would take him to church with her all the time, um, and it was, like, really rigid, and it was part of where he got this kind of feeling of, like, hmm. That's what religion is. Yeah, I don't okay. like rigid church. He was, like, into it for a while, mm-hmm. but then he also kind of was, like, not into it. So now he's at this Methodist church, and he becomes a student pastor. He starts um, fighting with the people that lead the church because they won't integrate. They won't let black people come to church. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, that's wrong. Like, anybody can come worship God, and he gets into a fight with them. So then um, he's like, well, if that's how you're going to be, I'm going to leave your church. So then he leaves. And he goes to this faith healing. He goes to a Seventh-day um baptist church and he watches somebody heal somebody yeah and he's like oh yeah (laughs) and he doesn't believe it yeah but he's like this is look at how enthralled everyone is he's just kind of watching how the crowd is reacting to the pastor Mm -hmm. and he also sees how much 
money. There's a big mm. money tie of the tithings bull going around. And, and he's like, you know what? I think I can create a show like this that will resonate with people. He's like, I think I can get my message. I think I can fund what I'm doing, which is spread the communist message and get, get the world better. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So that he comes up with this plan. Um, as an aside, so he's like, I'm going to start do these faith healings and I'm going to get a bunch of money that way. But that's not super lucrative at first because no one knows who he is. Um, so he imports a bunch of monkeys and sells them door to door. What? <laughs> Wait. It's one of my favorite little facts. How do you find a monkey guy? It's the 50s. You know, you get, you, get, you know a guy. And yeah. He imports monkeys. You got you a cocaine guy. And then you got plenty of people that want monkeys enough that you can sell them door to door. A marijuana guy, a monkey guy. Isn't that crazy? I haven't found him my monkey guy yet. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. How long does he do that? Just like a little... Just for a little bit. It's like a, bl- it's like a blip. Okay. But it was a funny blip. Interesting. Okay. So he plans this huge religious event. He's like, I'm going to throw a like multiple day... So he's going that route. Uh, the Methodist? No, not Methodist. He's um, going... Evangelical. Okay. Kind of. Okay. So he's like, all right, it's going to go from June 11th to June 15th. It's going to be, this is 1956. So he invites some famous evangelical, like, he's like, I need some some name draw, yeah. some, some name power. So he brings these, uh, at least this one famous dude, maybe more, um, and it's really successful. So afterwards, he has enough name recognition and he's like, gotten enough money um, that he starts his own church. So he names the church, this is a mouthful, the people's temple christian church full gospel yeah it eventually just kind of becomes known as the temple or the people's church yeah so the original mission like what their mission statement is is interracial church like enough of this segregation Mm -hmm. people should be able to worship with whoever that's the church's mission and that's how they're like gaining a lot of followers i'm like Kind of I know. following along. Yeah. Like what he's doing so far. He's a weird dude that is super strong in his beliefs. He's uh-huh. really smart and he believes in equality. And yeah. like he's not, everything he's doing isn't for, at this point, there's nothing nefarious. Yeah. It's, you You might philosophically disagree with him, mm-hmm. but there's nothing. Yeah. But he's not stealing from anybody. Oh. There's nothing bad. I think I kind of remember who this dude is. and mm. Oh, no. So... Then Jim starts studying. Oh, like, Jim. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Jim starts studying cult leaders and like, um, manipulation. Oh, no. And he determines, and again, all of this, he's like coming from a place of good. He's like, I'm going to be manipulative, mm-hmm. but it's for the greater good. I can't just speak the truth and have people follow me. They're mm-hmm. they're getting in their own way. So I need to find a way. I'm going to I'm gonna read how Adolf Hitler got a whole country to follow behind him. Yeah. I'm going to read how... All of these things were bad. I'm doing it for good. Is this known that he was cognizant of wanting to manipulate for good? Yeah. Because he'd have conversations with people. And like, there's this guy later on, uh, Father Divine, who he at first thought was a real charlatan. He's like, oh, that dude's bad. And then started talking to him, built a relationship, and then started doing all those same things. Yeah. Um, Because he saw they worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, in Tiger King, where you got the dude with all the, where he's like, oh, but then he starts copying a bunch of his mm-hmm. things. Isn't it interesting where you, for I, I think it's true for most, like you are the protagonist of your own story. Like mm-hmm. what, you, what you're doing is right. Your intent isn't bad. Yeah. You know where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. What other people are wrong. No one's the bad guy in their own story. Yeah. Exactly. Nuts? Yes. Some bad people think that. Yeah. Okay. So, Jim at one point wins the Martin Luther King Jr. Humanitarian Award. What? 
1960, he's appointed the director of the local Human Rights Commission. Um, they tell him, keep a low profile. And he does just the opposite. He goes on the local news, the radio. Like, he's like, no, I'm spreading the word. I am the most humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, oh, knock it off. So at one point, he goes to this uh, dual caucus kind of deal. So it's the NAACP and the um, the Urban League. So they're meeting. And they're like, hey, these are two groups that should get along and they don't. Like, let's. So the whole point is Jim's going to bring these two groups together and, like, give this rousing speech. And he does. And, like, everyone's all excited. So um, he, in this meeting, he tells everybody that they need to be more militant. Mm-hmm. So he's starting to kind of pull some stuff from like the Black Panther Party too. Mm-hmm. He's like watching what's going on there. And he's like, okay, like we do. We need to not, not be like sitting on our hands. We need to be demanding that things be a certain way. So he becomes this like major player in the integration of Indiana where it's like, you know, schools and ch- like church is like his main little focus, but like he's going after all sorts of stuff. Um, at one point he... Because his wife is a nurse and he kind of had a background in uh, hospital-y stuff. I think he got he got sick and he ended up in the hospital. Mm. And then they they had segregated, uh, like, blacks had a different part of the hospital than the whites. And, like, he didn't feel like they were being treated equal either. Like, they would treat the white patients first. So they were like, Jim was up and he's, like, washing the bandages of, because he already knew how to do certain stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, a patient helping take care of Mm. these other people. And he's like, and he put a bunch of political pressure that the hospitals needed to integrate. And they did. Yeah. So again, he's like doing, doing good. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this part is, this is just a direct quote from, uh, Wikipedia. So Jones and his wife adopt several non-white children. He referred to the household as the rainbow family. Integration is a more personal thing with me now. It's a, it's a question of my son's future. So basically he's saying like, I want to have this really big blended family. They adopted a bunch of kids. Mm. And he's like, I want to have this big blended family. And I want to, I want to care more because it affects people super close to me. And I want them to care. And I want them to get roused up. I want other people to see like, so he and his wife have a, a bunch of kids. I think they have one natural child between the two of them and then everyone else is adopted was there and any, it's different races yeah. like yeah was there any uh information on like how he was as a, like a parent like was it like a a good household um, or everything's gonna be hindsight's 2020 because a bunch of stuff happens okay you're gonna get to it so i don't okay. know like as a doting father i don't like was he doing sense. it for perception or was no he- i think he meant it okay but i also don't know that he needed wanted to be a father okay. like i don't know how involved in their lives he was but he felt like i'm giving them a home i'm mm-hmm. giving them a better place than they were mm. um these were kids from an orphanage or gotcha whatever um but yeah i don't know if he like tucked them in at night and read them stories okay so he then takes this trip to, so he gets really kind of nervous and weird about nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Cause, and that's kind of of the time. Like it's a very scary yeah. possibility. I also am scared of nuclear wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, there's this article in um, Esquire magazine, I think, that's like, hey, here's some of the safest places if there's a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their criteria was for this, but Brazil makes it to this list. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go check out Brazil. So he goes down and he's like, okay. And like he has this little town in mind. And he gets there and he's like, all right, I'm going to make, oh, so he's got his church that he's running. He's got this pe- people's church and it's pretty successful. And like the ranks are growing and like, um, so he's like, I'm going to open another one down here in Brazil. But then like where he had picked, he was kind of running into issues. Like he had, uh, he didn't speak Portuguese. So like there was a language barrier. Um, the town he chose, there really wasn't much money. So people couldn't give much to the church. Like it mm-hmm. just kind of wasn't resonating. So then at one point he... I think on his way there, at some point he travels through and he goes through uh, 
Guyana, which at the time was a British territory. Mm -hmm. So it was an English-speaking region down in South America. And he was really just kind of taken by it. It was beautiful and like it just kind of hit all the right spots. But so he's in Brazil and he's like, okay, this is, so then he ends up in Rio de Janeiro and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to help poor people at the beach. So he's helping poor people like, and his family's with him. And so like they just kind of do that for a while, like at least a year, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and then he starts getting word from people and they're like, dude, Jim, uh, the church is kind of falling apart without you. Like mm-hmm. we're not the numbers are really dwindling and you know they just kind of are giving him a guilt trip of like hey like i know you're doing these really great things down in brazil but we kind of need you up here and so he's like okay so then he starts feeling really bad that his church is falling apart and he's like well i also feel like i kind of left the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. like i was a big part of it and i just kind of pieced out and now more stuff is happening now we're in the 60s and he's like i kind of feel like i kind of feel like i need to go back Mm mm-hmm so takes the family back to Indiana. Um, when he gets back, he starts telling everyone, he's like, I, I'm still super concerned about this nuclear war. I really don't think that Indiana is the right place for us. I, I've been reading, again, also in this Esquire thing, I think California is the better place for us to be. So he relocates the church. The church is leaving Indiana. It's moving to Northern California, to Redwood Valley, um, kind of near like Ukiah. Mm-hmm. So like Northern California, middle-ish of nowhere Yeah, I have family down there. There you go. Um, okay, so... Now is about the time. So they relocate the church. They're there. um, And it kind of puts them closer to San Francisco. He wants to lean on all the movements and the things that are like, take some of that San Francisco power with him. So at this point, he starts to kind of tip his hand. And his church isn't so much about God. And he starts to talk a little bit more openly about socialism. Mm -hmm. And um, not so much about God and religion. So... By the 1970s, so he's kind of shaping a little bit of like who his parishioners are and what their beliefs are. It's at this point now, it's really more about getting that socialist message out. Um, and church is just kind of the the framing of it. So it's 1970s. He's at this point now denouncing God. He's saying there is no God that lives in the sky. Like that's not a thing. Um, God as religions believe in him doesn't exist. So this is a quote from Jim. What you need to believe in is what you can see. You can see me as your friend. I'll be your friend. Mm. Um, You can see me as your father. I'll be your father. And for those of you that don't have a father, if you see me as your savior, I'll be your savior. If you see me as your God, I'll be your God. I'll be what you need me to be. But there's no God. But there is no God. If you but, need a but, God, if you need a God, I'll be your God. I'll 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 step yeah, up. Yeah. There isn't. There's no magic guy no, in the sky. There's me. Correct. Oh, Jim. So he start like yeah, because he's read all these. He knows what works. Yeah, it's formulaic. So the temp- the temple followers like at this point, once he moves to California, and he's kind of taken on now. Like the ranks are growing. Is he more like a guru at this point? Yeah, he's getting yeah. a little more guru. Is he growing a beard? Probably. Yeah. Uh, no, he has these big aviator sunglasses that he's oh, always wearing. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Then they start opening up these other branches. So now they open up a branch in San Fernando, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Um, now they've got all these like little mini temples all what over. What was the last one? Uh, L.A. L.A. So uh, and he starts. So he's shifted his focus. It used to be little towns and little cities. He's like, oh no 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 no, I got to go to big cities because that's where, where the, the money are. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so then uh, he's part of these, like, radical protest movements. He starts really embedding himself in the 
social justice movement of San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. like, Harvey Milk. Yeah. And uh, Mayor Moscone. Like, they go, like, Harvey Milk would give sermons, not sermons, but he would go give rousing talks at the temple. And, like, thought really highly of Jim. Whoa. And Moscone was like, Moscone thought so high of him that he appointed him to the Housing Authority Commission. What? Like, he's getting, like, he's hobnobbing with people. Yeah. He's winning awards. He's doing all this stuff. Um, he's showing up in, like, publications. He, like, he's got a reputation mm-hmm. for being a, a civil rights leader. Mm. Willie Brown speaks highly. There's a bunch of quotes from people who now, I'm sure, cringe at what they said. Yeah. But at the time, thought really highly of him. Yeah. I mean, 2020. Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. All right, so he's hobnobbing, uh, all that. So it's at this time that um, his inner circle, so he's got, like, some people are kind of in on what he's up to, but it's a really small, controlled crew. And they learn that a scathing article is going to come out. Mm. They've got some formal former temple members who have gotten in touch with a journalist. And, and like, I think it originally it was supposed to be published in one of the San Francisco papers that then they were like, no, we can't touch this with a 10-foot pole. Like, he's too powerful and he's friends with powerful people. Like, we don't want to publish it. So published through something else. Um, but so they learn that there's going to be this story. And essentially it's like the the publisher of it or the writer of it's like, hey, this story's dropping. Just to give you a heads up, like, do you have a quote? And they're like, and like, they're all in this meeting and like, there's a bunch of people on the phone. They think they're just on the phone with Jim, but like, there's a bunch of people in the room and Jim writes on a piece of paper. He's like, we leave tonight. Whoa. So they had started. I kind of skipped over this. He had eventually, when he had left Brazil and he's moving stuff to California, he did open a small temple down in Guiana. He was like, this is going to be the dream, but it's so small. We have like, we're building a, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. You can't get to it. You can't get away from like, it's in the jungle. Yeah. So he's like, we're building this big thing. So I think at this point, maybe 400 people live there. Uh-huh. Um, they've built a hospital. They've built Whoa. like, they're, they, it's so a he town. Bought, he bought land down there. Yeah. And then now he's building. He started sending people down like slowly yeah. but surely. And it was like, you'd get picked to go. Like it was... You were proud to get to go down to be a part of the new temple. Yeah. So he's like, we're taking every like everybody's getting on. We have a million buses. We're What's gonna, this article about? It's about um, the abuses that are happening. Oh. There are physical abuses, emotional abuses. There are sexual abuses. Um, it's not good. Yeah. So while, yes, he has this perception and all this is going on, there are people at the church who don't think he's such a great dude. Yeah. So... They pile all these people onto buses. There's like 500-ish people. Buses? Buses. Oh, no. And I think they drive them all down. They might fly. There's buses involved. Yeah. They get all these people. All these people think they're told like, hey, you know, he really wanted to go to Guyana, whether they've expressed that or not. They're like, we're all going to go check it out. So they think they're going to be there for a week, month, a couple months top. No Mm. one thinks they're moving to another country. Mm -hmm. But Jim knows none of them are coming back. Like, they're relocating everybody, and they're all going to not live in the United States anymore. Yeah. And so his followers are, because uh, I think I kind of remember, are, are they, they're not, they're like, there's some elite people and, like, higher up. Yes, there's no, like, I think there's probably some celebrities that dabbled. There's probably some higher ups that okay. dabbled. But in terms of, like, living on the, co- like, in the, on the compound mm-hmm. and, like, because it's very communal living, too. Yeah. Like, no. I, I don't know that okay. any of that. Okay. Um, but there are definitely some, like... Big wigs that 
were in that same circle or would like go to things mm-hmm. um, that maybe afterwards have distanced themselves a bit. Gotcha. But so um, there's also this weird custody battle going on. So Jim is having, so he's married, mm-hmm. uh, but he starts having these other little extramarital things he's a guru he he's, is god he's a guru and so what i can't remember is if this started in california if it only took place in guiana but we get to a point eventually with him where um having sex is a sin and no one's allowed to have sex uh, except, except for, for him. him yeah married couples can um but no single people can and he'll, he'll like pair you up with someone um but he's kind of always like he so he Claims he's the only non-homosexual man on earth. He would have uh, sex with men. Oh. But he was only doing that so that they could connect with him, so that they would connect with the message. Uh-huh. Because they they couldn't get it verbally. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so most of his... Rela- I, they, he's been described as just kind of bisexual. So... Is this a power thing? I feel like this happens with so many gurus. Yeah. God. So... He would, like, so, yeah, to him, he was like, I'm the only per like, I'm not gay. Other people are gay. Okay. And he had, it gets to a point, this is later on, but, like, they have to manage, because people can't know that he's having all of these, because it kind of blows, like, it's a peek behind the curtain. Like, it ruins the message if yeah. people know that he's having sex with everybody. Yeah. So they keep a calendar. Like, there's a schedule <laughs> for who's going to see him when. What? And he refers to it as his fuck calendar. I, I And there's, like, a secretary keeping track of it. I'm curious how he came up with the name. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Can you? Oh, my God. There must have been so many STDs. Because you know he's not wearing a, a Jimmy. No. He's not wearing a Jimmy. But I guess if they're not having sex with anyone else... If it all started clean, I guess it stays clean. I mean, no, no there's it didn't. no there's way. There's STDs all over the place. Oh, there's Jacqueline. So at some point, there's this married couple, right? And they were trying for a bit. Anyway, there's this woman has this baby, and the husband defects. He doesn't want to be a part of the temple anymore. Mm. And then later the mom defects but when the mom is like i don't want to be a part of this anymore jim's like that's my kid you can't take my kid and she's like um she's like that's not your kid that's you know my husband's kid yeah and he's like well he's ours and he essentially kidnaps his kid what and now there's a custody battle because he's saying it's his and he's refusing to take a paternity test uh, they- and then he leaves in the middle of the night and moves to guiana so With he, the they baby? take this baby <gasps> Isn't that crazy? That's insane. So once he leaves, he knows he can never go back to the United States because now he's kidnapped a baby and taken it out of the country. I feel like, from his perspective, that's too much. There, there's not a lot of win in that scenario. You know, like if you're moving, it's another all, person. Yeah, yeah, you got like 500 other ones. You can make more. I, I, he seemed I, to care. Mm, and at this point, I don't know if it's like a child. He's like bringing more trouble on himself. It than, seems like a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, maybe he views it as his son, and that's his son, and he loves him. Like, I, we don't know. Interesting. I It boggles my mind, their train of thought. Okay. Yeah. This is all insane. Okay. okay. So, Jim starts talking about translation. Mm. Um, and once they're in, so they come to refer to the temple down in Guyana as Jonestown. Mm. Jim Jones is Jonestown. Mm-hmm. 
You've heard yeah. of Jonestown? Real original. <laughs> God, this guy and his names. So he starts, he talks about translation where he and his followers would all die together and move to another planet and live blissfully. <laughs> now we have other planets involved? So that's my tie because that's what? That's up in the cosmos. Oh, Jesus. I, it's not the worst. You know what I'm going to say. Bubbles. Bubbles, Bubbles was, the, was worst. the worst. I still think that was one of the best. Um. Okay. He's gonna. Okay. He's going up to the into the cosmos with oh, everybody. Oh, this. Okay. Here we go. What? I remember I asked Kimberly what some of the made up ties we made up are. Yeah. Which uh, is insane that you got to call like phone a friend because Kimberly has. She's, she's very clever. She's so smart. So fine. Jamestown. Town. Town comes from the word city, which means cosmo. Wait, 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 wait. A cosmopolitan, a cosmo, a cosmo oh, town. Oh, oh, okay. Town. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That was the one I th- That's also really good. That was the one I thought you wouldn't like very much. Um, that one was. Oh, yours. there's. No, mine was the, the other planet one. Oh, okay. Um, there's. I'll, we'll get to another part of the story and then I'll tell you this <laughs> other one. Uh, I like your ties. Okay. Yeah. I was really. Before I got to that planet part. Uh huh. So here's the, here's the deal. Oh, yeah. There's a cult. That all killed themselves uh-huh. when hail Comet, comet uh-huh. and that's what I thought. Uh, I confused that with Jamestown. Yeah. I knew a bunch of people died, and I just forgot it wasn't the people that were wearing Nikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but then turns out this guy also thought there was a weird planet involved. So, <laughs> you know, crazy gonna be crazy. Now we're in the autumn of 1977, okay? okay? Um, so... There's this group, essentially there's like former members, and they're like, um, I can't believe I got out of there. I still have friends in there. I still have family in there. It's like the standard cult thing where like you get excommunicated, mm-hmm. you can't be a part of anything, and they're like, I'm worried about them. Hey, they start talking to their congressman. They're like, there's a cult, and they've kidnapped people. Mm-hmm. They've taken them from America mm-hmm. to another country, and I don't think all of them want to be there. Mm-hmm. So now this congressman's like, whoa what? yeah okay like yeah this is american citizens that if they choose like they can choose to go on vacation and go somewhere else he's like but it's sounding like some of them might be held against their will uh-huh okay i gotta look into this yeah uh, i'm a congressman yeah so congressman goes down and this is like i think i'm gonna skip some of this i think i'm just gonna tell you a story and then you can like ask me questions and maybe i know the answers so congressman ryan is the guy that goes down so he gets this whole crew he's got some other uh political people with him and then he also, he's like, hey, um, news crew, I think, I think we're walking into something. I think that's going to be weird down there and we're going to need to tell the story. Okay. So they've got some people from like, I don't think CNN is a thing back then, but like CBS, they have a bunch of like news people. They have like film crews and reporters. It's this big crew of probably like 30-ish people. That so not just like one, it's like a bunch of them. There's a bunch of people. Yeah. Okay. And they have some former members. They're like, you guys come with us because I think... You want to talk to your family, make sure they're safe. Like, we're a little worried that we're going to be told, yeah, we're fine. Like, wide-eyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to be here. Mm. He's like, I-, I think we're going to need some kind of persuasion to mm-hmm. like, get people to tell the truth. Kind of yeah. Thing. So uh, they fly down and, like, they talk about when they're flying over the compound as they come in. It's not even a compound, the town. Where they're like, oh, shoot. This is larger scale than we thought. They were yeah. like, that's a town okay whew. we just thought he kind of like 
had some people in like a big house in the jungle. Yeah. He has like a thousand people there. Oh, whoa. So there's like a doctor guy who wasn't done going to doctor school yet. Who's their doctor? Mm, oh no. And he like can't dress a wound. He can't what? Apply, like he doesn't know standard doctor stuff, but he's the doctor. Uh-huh. Um and he works a ton, like 16-hour days, he gets one day off, but then Jim eventually gives him a chore to do on his day off. We'll get to that. But so you've got the um congressman, he's got this crew, they come down, they're like, "Woo, this is okay, this is spooky. That's a lot of okay, big big deal." They land, then they have to get put onto this like big flatbed truck thing and like trucked into the jungle mm-hmm. like they eventually get to the compound and it's like a back and forth about like jim being like i don't want you guys to come and then being like but we're coming and so wait, they called ahead yeah why i think because they're trying to present it in a way where it's like hey you are this respectable guy mm-hmm. air quotes yeah who's got like you know they're trying to be like hey we're gonna come in like they're trying to go about it in a what let's be peaceful I'm not just yeah. gonna like Come down, shake my you. fist at okay. um, And so, like, they kind of go back and forth. Eventually, they end up being like, okay, he's coming. We can't really stop him from coming. Uh, let's make this place not look so crazy. So, all these people that are in these uh, rooms, because he also lied to people. and was like, hey, when you get down to Jonestown, every family has their own house. Every, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, we are stacked on set. Men are separated from women. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, you went down with your family, but now dudes all live in this dormitory and women live in this dormitory and the kids are all in this, like, school with, oh, no. like, not with their parents. So then he's like, okay, we've got way too many people in these rooms. Like, they're going to look in these windows and be like, whoa, why do you have eight people in a room for two people? Yeah. So he's like, hide some of these beds. So then they just start, like, scrubbing the camp. It sounded like when people go to North Korea and they put on this whole, like, show about oh. what it's like up there. Yeah. So, um they're like scrubbing the camp of what it's actually like and so he shows up ryan shows up and he's like oh it's kind of weird and like they're and oh and they don't feed people like people are starving and they're like hey let's like we know he's coming let's give him a bunch of vitamins and like make them not look so gaunt and you like people are it's abusive yeah people are not being treated well there and and he's got all these like young girls that he's having sex with like Mm. all of it's just yucky and bad so Ryan gets there and he kind of knows that they're putting on airs. He's like, this is not what's going on. And he's like, just trying to catch someone being truthful. And he's like, hey, do you want to be here? And people are like, this is, there's no better place to be. This, we're, this is heaven on earth. We're changing the world. This is amazing. Yeah. And they have this like special little piece of paper that they like slip to people that are like, let us know if you want us to get you out of here. Yeah. They keep trying to find people to be like, yeah, get me out. Yeah. So at one point, there's a couple slip-ups where some people are like, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. So they, like, get a couple. Then there's this point where this one guy who was, like, one of Jim's, like, right-hand man was like, I, I got to go. Oh, and like, every- legit wanted yeah. to leave? Yeah. And everyone's like, mm, no way that guy wants to go. Yeah. He's hook, line, and sinker. He's bought into all of this. Why does he want to go? He's being a spy. Yeah. He's trying to figure out who else says they want to go. Like, yeah. Be cautious with that one. And and ultimately, the congressman is like, look, even if that's the case, someone's telling me that they want to leave this place, mm-hmm. and I can't leave them here if they've said that to me. Yeah. Everybody who says they want to go has a seat on that plane. Yeah. There aren't enough seats on the plane. There aren't? No. So like, they get enough defectors that now there's too many people leaving. They don't get a bunch, but they get a good amount. Right before, right before the congressman leaves, this dude comes up <gasps> behind him, 
puts a knife to his throat. His, the, his the Congress. Yeah. So first of all, the congressman is walking around like he's invincible. He's like, I am a U.S. congressman. Oh, no. Nothing will happen to oh, me. Oh, no. So he feels super safe. Oh, no. He's like, I'm not going to be attacked here. They can't do anything to me or it'll rain hellfire upon them. Ugh. So at this point, so this guy comes up, puts a knife to his throat, and he's like, and he says something like, I'm going to fucking kill you. He says something crazy. He's, people tackle him. They get him away. That guy only ends up cutting himself. Okay. The congressman ends up okay. Doesn't get injured. Okay. But he's like, he's like, oh, shoot. This is, okay. This is real deal. This is scary. I can get hurt. These people are nuts. Yeah. And this guy's nuts. And he could send a nutso person after me. So then he's like, well, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Whoever mm-hmm. wants to go, let's go. But we're leaving. So then they like take the bus ride back. They get to this airstrip. They're at the airstrip and they have to, and it's like agonizing. They're like waiting for these planes. And where are these planes? Where are these planes? They need these planes. How long are they waiting? Uh, I can't remember. A long time. Like okay. they're supposed to get, they get there by a little after five. Like hours or days? No, no, no. Hours. Okay. okay. They're the same day. Okay. So then uh, when the planes arrive... This tractor comes out of the jungle Mm-mm. and starts <gasps> shooting. And there's bullets everywhere, and it's just indiscriminate. Uh, the congressman doesn't, I, I don't think he gets hit. I can't remember because a lot of people get injured, but a lot yeah. of, I think some people die. Um, then there's this whole like, so who gets to, so now they've been attacked, quash it down. And that went on for, Five minutes of gunfire. Whoa. Um, maybe longer. And That's insane. So they get that all squashed down. And then it's like, who who's going to leave? So basically they tell they say all the political people have to get back on this plane and all the people leaving the camp have to get back on the plane. But there's not enough seats for all of you journalists. Oh, my gosh. So like talk amongst yourselves. Some people have to wait for the next plane. They have to do a short stick scenario. Yeah. And again, like, in theory, it's fine. You're going to go to a hotel and you'll be okay. But, like, they just got shot at. And, like, it's scary. So for the congressman side of things, did they have, like, guards with them? Like, were they... There were... Not, like, secret service, but, like, I think he had people with I'm not really sure. But so they get attacked at the airport. Yeah. So all that goes down. So then... Then Jim is like, ooh. I think... I think we're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So let's rewind time a little bit. Jim's been doing this thing called White Knight. And cocaine. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, he announced, so he's got this loudspeaker oh. and he talks to everybody. They always all, have a loudspeaker. And he just talks to everybody all day long. It's like rambly they sermons. They do that too. I think it's part of wearing you down. It's, uh, I think it's part of the mind wash. Yeah, they, they get you on low protein, low calories, yeah. on drugs, lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jim's doing drugs. He's addicted to drugs. So... He's been doing this thing where he'll be like, everybody come. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say, if you ever get the chance of talking to a microphone. It's pretty great. You will fall in love with the sound of your voice. There's Yeah, there's a reason they all go crazy. (laughs) It's kind of magical. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So... He starts this thing where he's like, all right, everyone's got to show up. Here's your your cup of Kool-Aid. No. And... You have to be ready to die for the cause. Like, we're all going to drink this Kool-Aid. Let's, here we go. He's telling them they're all dying? He's telling everybody we're going to die. And there's people who are like, um, I think it's better for the cause if I don't die. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I get where you're, where you're coming from, but you're, no, like you have to die. Okay. Um, because at first he's like, all right, raise your hand if you're ready to die. And then like, not a lot of people raise their hand. So. Wouldn't you just kind of 
poured over your shoulder or yeah and then he's got yeah. he's got armed people who oh, are like no. you're gonna drink it no so but again this is before all that okay oh, so he does this sh- yeah, thing yeah, yeah. they all drink the kool-aid they lay down what nothing happens and he gets on he's like you dummies there's nothing in that it was just kool-aid why night you have to be ready at any time he does this several times. So it goes from everyone being like, what? I don't want to drink this Kool-Aid to nothing happens. It's just cool. Okay. It's just Kool-Aid. He keeps doing this to us. Oh, my gosh. And so then, like, they kind of ramp up. So then, like, he'll be like, who's ready to die for the cause? And they're all like, I'm ready to die for the cause. Give me my Kool-Aid. Like, oh. they kind of get yeah, yeah, yeah. programmed into thinking they're yeah. not really ever going to be poisoned. Oh. So when the conference- Is it actual Kool-Aid? I think it's like purple Kool-Aid interesting so when the congressman is coming i can't remember if it's right before he comes or i think it's right before this like barrel shows up with like a poison symbol on it oh no and it sure enough has it's cyanide it's like when you order something um nefarious on yeah, nefarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it comes in like a packaging of being like, like hey, i want a discreet packaging <laughs> It does not come discreet. Everyone's like, what's the deal there? And he's like, oh, he's like, don't even worry rats. about that. It's yeah, for it's all the rats. rats. No big deal. Yeah. Um, so now he's like, shoot, we like shot at a congressman and like I stole this baby and like, oh, okay. You know what? I think it's, it's cool. now it's time. It's Kool-Aid time. Oh. White night. So then they gather everybody up and he's like, here we go. Like Kool-Aid for you. Like, so he serves Kool-Aid to hundreds of people. Uh-huh. Laced with poison. So that was what the doctor was tasked with when he like made him work on his uh-huh. day off. He was like, I'm going to need to kill a bunch of people. Like, how are we going to do it? And the doctor's like, well, and the doctor's not friends with anybody. He's like this weird loner um, who like comes up with this plan with him mm-hmm. and is like totally down with it. So now we're after the plane. Incident. So after okay. the plane incident. So now it's like, let's give everybody. So... It is on record the most Americans dying in what, like, 9-11 was what took the record from Jonestown. Whoa. Because, like, close to 1,000 people. Like, it was 900. Whoa. It was so many people. Did anyone survive? There were people that survived. Because they didn't Because they were, it? And there were also, like, like, some of his kids were, like, on a basketball team in a comp. Like, there were people who weren't there. there. Where they oh. were told, like, you need to get back now. And oh. they were like, I'm not... Mm, Things seem weird. I'm not going to go back now. Yeah. So there were people who had been a part of it that weren't there. There were people who were like in a different part. So there are people who survived. Mm-hmm. But anybody um, at the compound? Like, did anyone think, not drink it? Or Yes, did any- I think there were. Cause, okay. Oh, and he's like been lying about shit. He's been telling people that like things have been happening in America that weren't. So he's telling temple members. So there's no TV. There's no radio. Like they are isolated. They uh-huh. get no news except for what he tells them. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, the United States has brought back slavery. Whoa. Like, there's slaves again. There's He's just making stuff up to make it seem terrible. Yeah. And he's like, we are doing good work down here. Maybe we can save America one day. Whoa. Um, the Russians are coming. So when they shoot the congressman and all those people. Yeah. He gets on, he's like, look, you guys, the Soviets are coming and they're going to bomb us. Like, we're going to die. Yeah. So let's take it into our own. Like, let's be in charge of our own deaths. We're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Like, let's do it. Whoa. And people are crying and they're like, I don't want to. And he's like, look, this is, it's going to be so much worse when they like parachute down. They're going to rape all of our women. Like, this is going to be so bad. Just drink the Kool-Aid. So parents fed the Kool-Aid to their children. Oh. And then <gasps> took their own Kool Aid, oh. and there's a sedative in it. So, because cyanide is pretty horrible yeah. to die from, yeah. So it like put them to sleep, and then they died. Oh. Is the idea? 
Um, I hate it. By the time they get in there, so following this giant mass suicide, Jim is found dead on a floor, resting with a pillow under his neck, with a, uh, like he's near his desk, um, and he died of a gunshot wound that they said was consistent with suicide. So he didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Okay, he... He was shot in the head. So, okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, so they, they put uh the congressman and those people and this and the people they um saved up on airplanes so yeah who comes back to this compound to like find all of this like well i'm sure everybody so everybody dies uh-huh and you can't get a hold of well you couldn't get a hold of people anyway but i'm sure the congressman was like uh hey we, we need- just got shot at let's go back and now oh good lord everybody's dead oh my gosh that's insane that's so sad that's so many people. So many people. It was tragic. And like, um, there was this really big, like, I, I won't get too much. My friend has like personal ties to some of it, where it was a problem that you had all these American citizens who had died in another country and their families wanted their bodies brought back. Mm. But there were so many. Yeah. And so there was this like, California was inundated with how do you bury that many people all at once? Like how do you, like are there enough Tran- funeral like homes? Transport there, like everyone. Yeah, back like how do you and- fly everybody back? Wow. And then where are you taking them? Yeah. And then who's pro- like just the logistics yeah. of how massive it was on top of how awful it is. Yeah, that's crazy. Do we know how like local government in Brazil like took everything? Like did he did- kind of had the. There were times where he would, like, tell the that military, like, hey, you need to keep these people. Like, I think he tried to keep the congressman out. And they were like, mm, no. Yeah. We're not messing with the U.S. Yeah. Um, so, like, they didn't mess with him, but they also really weren't going to stick up for him. Yeah. Did Do we know? So he, like, bought the land legally? I think and so. He, I don't know. I don't okay. know the, that, yeah. those details. Oh, that's so sad. And so his church was dissolved or whatever what have you or pretty sure none of that exists nothing anymore. survived yeah. okay wow mm-hmm. but it was like it was the biggest one i hate so it so many people died i hate it it's so interesting the progression like oh i guess like if you look back when he was a kid there's some like red flags but it's interesting where in the beginning some of his morals like yeah lined up with there's what this- you would quote unquote call good yeah yeah well, that was the other thing. Like, it really rocked the black community because, like, 68%, I think, of his followers were black. Uh-huh. So it also, you've got this minority group that now in a in a majority is being affected by what happened down there. So, like, yeah. it really wrecked the, like, the black community of the Bay Area and yeah. California. Oh. Because um, a lot of people knew people that died down there. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. That's so crazy. People, people who are become cult leaders are so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about Jim Jones and the crazy healings. He would fake stuff like mad. We skipped his healings. When he was holding these, like he would plant people, like his secretary would be in a wheelchair who wasn't in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, you need to get out of that wheelchair. And she'd be like, I can't. I've, I've been in a wheelchair my whole life. And he'd be like, get up. And then she'd like, oh, and she'd get up what? and walk. And everyone would be like, he saved her. And then he oh. would pretend. He, oh, at one point when he was down in Jonestown, yeah. he had somebody pr- pretend to shoot him. He was like, oh, like gunshot, boosh, blood everywhere, fell to the ground. They carried him away. Yeah. Then he came back out an hour later and was like, I healed myself. What? Everyone was like, what? He's invincible. And he hung the bloody 
shirt up in one of the rooms and nobody questioned as to why there wasn't a gunshot hole in the shirt. It just was bloody. What? He would... Uh, there were people who were like naysayers who'd be like, this is, they'd come to his healings and be like, this is fake. He would have them poisoned so that they would literally, while they would be like, this isn't real, they'd go, uh, and they'd fall over from poison. And then he would pull them aside and give them the antidote or like it would wear off. And yeah. he'd be like, I brought him back to life. And they'd be like, whoa, whoa. I thought he died and he brought me back. What? He was nuts. Like an evil genius. Oh, yeah. Like he... Super manipulative. Ugh. I forgot about the fake healing. Oh, He did that all the time. And he'd use the same people. So eventually people like started catching on. Yeah. They were like, um, but you already saved that person. Yeah, that one had scoliosis. And he'd be no. like, he'd be like, shh, <laughs> shh. Go to sleep, sweet child. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Yeah. I mean, he saw it work for that church. So, yeah. Yeah, he adopted those practices. I mean, it... Interesting. Yeah. There was a lot of like weird and evil stuff going on where you're also like, then why was this other part so obviously important to you? Yeah. It's a fa- it's all fascinating and sad. Yeah. Ugh. I hate it. Well, thank you, Jackie. I don't have any... Self-care? Self-care. Like, I don't have... Like, I'm sure there's Kool-Aid jokes that I don't... Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'll bet there's Kool-Aid jokes. Google Kool-Aid jokes. Is that in bad taste? Is it? I think so. People oh. died. Yeah, but like, think about how many times you've heard the phrase "drink the Kool Aid." Yeah, that's like a common phrase that everybody. But like, oh, you know, I we say it at work all the time. Yeah. Well, then they drank the Kool Aid. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just means you're a part of the group. Yeah. And it has such a bad origin story. I mean, it, it's like, uh, um, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy is about the oh, plague. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any joke, really? Oh, maybe star jokes. A cosmo, a cosmo joke. There you go. Okay, ready. Jackie, it's time for self-care. Please. Okay. The Milky Way gets great reviews on TripAdvisor. Okay. Yeah. A hundred billion stars. Oh, what? Man. No, that was bad. <laughs> like, like five-star review, a hundred billion stars? <laughs> that was dumb. Okay. What, hap- what happens in a black hole? Oh, stays in a black hole. That's funny. Because it's not coming out of there. Yeah. You thought that was going to be dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was cool before it mattered. What it, was? It your stars. Sorry. <laughs> Jackie? Yeah? You're like a white dwarf star. Hmm. Extremely hot, but not very bright. Oh! <laughs> I actually didn't finish reading it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's so. Uh, uh, I love the way the earth rotates. It really makes my day. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Is it? Because you didn't laugh. No. Well, I like, sometimes there's clever things. I just like them. Um, Hipster universe made of hydrogen before it was cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are bad. These are, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, All right. you, you feel better? I do. A little do. bit better? Yeah. Um, You guys, thank you so much for spending your hour with us ish we don't know how long yeah, this will be, how long this will be. <laughs> thank you for, for spending, spending time, time with us yeah yeah we appreciate you don't drink the kool-aid don't drink the kool-aid no 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 drink no no ah, you didn't like it um i'm too sweet you'd never order it i'd never order it i'd order it if everyone was ordering it okay would you yeah if it was like a girl's night out and ev- like all the people at the table are getting them you'd get one yeah you didn't like it though yeah 
But I'm I like peer pressure. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's a group thing, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. For most drinks, a couple sips in, I'm gonna start liking it because then I get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's fine. Uh, that's funny. Um. But yeah. All right. We'll um. Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. I had another thing to say, but then I was like, I think. And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah. Do you know what that's from? No. It's a radio show my mom used to listen to all the time. I don't remember what it was called, but I want to say he talked for like 30 minutes or 60 minutes and he'd go deep in depth into like a story, thing. a thing, a thing that was going on that's in the me. world. And then he's an old man and then he'd be like, and now you know the rest of the story. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent is Jackie Andrea. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast. You can also head over to our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, where you can find more information about each episode, cocktail recipes, podcast merch. There's even a nifty little donation station button if you're feeling generous. We're a self-funded podcast, and all your donations do really help. Our logo was created by Michelle Michael Art, whose amazing work can be found at MichelleMichaelArt.com. That's Michelle with one L. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlust, and make sure you always tune in every Monday for hashtag Murder Monday. <laughs> I like when you do your like smoker's laugh. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I sound like Caroline. Oh, yep. Jackie, welcome. Come on in. Oh. Yeah. Nes- nestle ne- yourself by the fire. I've never been here before. No? No. Looks, no. well, I don't know, looks different. In my, in my luscious home with my mahogany floors. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you always call these mahogany floors because they are not mahogany don't floors. They, they look, they mahogany look- is a much deeper wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a stained mahogany. No. This no? Is, it's a light, it's like a pine. Well, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know you're wrong. Pine doesn't sound as, like, I know. Fancy. You're choosing a <laughs> handsome-sounding wood. Look at these marble floors. Oh, my God. <laughs> they kind of look like wood. It's crazy. <laughs> like, someone chiseled into the marble to make it look like wood. Unbelievable. Here in this house in Bend. <laughs> yeah. Wall-to-wall marble floors. <laughs> it's very loud in here. Gold roof. Yeah. <laughs>